Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We're good. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kalberman. I should also probably remind everybody that this is powered by Blue Wire Pods. But, Zach, not long before we hit the old go live button. Forgive us for being a little bit later than usual tonight. Had a few things juggling for content, but some rumors took fire, caught fire, I guess I should say, throughout Broncos country of what seems like, I don't know, what is it, a three-way trade, Uh, one quarterback going here, another one going there. Somehow the Broncos getting tied into it. Considering that you wrote the story for us, Zach, tell everybody what's going on with these rumors connecting the Denver Broncos to a trade for Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, I'm going to just call him Tua because even typing that out, it's it's a little too much to memorize right now. Um. Basically, Deshaun Watson and the Miami Dolphins are engaging, as supposedly according to Aaron Wilson, who first reported it today of the Houston Chronicle. Um, they're engaging in the parameters. They're trying to hammer out the param- parameters of a deal that would send Watson to Miami from Houston. And apparently this would be a three-way trade because if Miami acquires Deshaun Watson, they would have no more use for their incumbent quarterback, their second-year former number 5 overall pick, Tua Tagovailoa. I'm going to just say it one time and hope I got it right. So there would be a three-way deal, and then Wilson followed up, and this is where the speculation started after the initial report, by saying that there's another potential trade in the works that more or less impacts the Watson deal, and that's why uh, it leads many to believe it's a three-way trade. And then it came out that the Broncos and the Washington football team were the front runners, and of course we're isolating this to Denver They were hot and heavy, uh, supposedly in trade talks. They were among the teams sticking their head in, and then they weren't, until they weren't. Because Mike Kliss of Nine News reported the Broncos are not in on Tua. They're not in on trade talks in those particular sweepstakes. I don't think, nor should they be, Chad. We can get into that as we go along today. But uh, that's the long and the short of it. It kind of was like the uh, Aaron Rodgers rumors on the night of the draft. As, As fast as it came, that's as fast as it went. It doesn't seem like Tua Tagovailoa is coming to Denver. I just want to know, like, let's just for a second entertain the possibility of this being real, all right? In what world would any team, let alone these Denver Broncos, who are missing that bona fide, you know, um, locked-in, sure-thing franchise quarterback, in what world would anyone in that front office think this guy, Tua Tagovailoa, has a chance to be that? I mean, this dude has completely underkicked his coverage since arriving as a as a pro top five pick of the Dolphins uh, last year. And Zach, I understand he's been he's struggled with some injury issues, but 
when he's been on the field, he has not been good. So the only rationale I could come to, just playing the devil's advocate here, I know Mike Kliss already shot this down, but he's been used um, nefariously, we'll just say, in the past in, in terms of cover, right? He's been used before as cover. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. The only thing I could see of this making any kind of like, I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a Broncos executive, Jerry Judy. That's it. That's the only thing I've got here is the former connection that these two had at Alabama. I, and he's young. Uh, he's fairly cheap, at least on his rookie contract for the next couple seasons. But my rationale, I don't, I don't really believe it. There's much truth to it. I think the Broncos are going to be in trade talks for whatever quarterback is the flavor of the week or the flavor of the moment. But you have to ask yourself, why would they pass on Justin Fields and Mac Jones and a quarterback in the draft, a blue chip guy, and and then eventually go after someone like Tua? He hasn't had the best supporting cast in Miami. They're like a mishmash of younger players and sort of playmakers. His talent level would be increased tenfold in Denver. I, I just don't think he has long-term upside. I'm not the biggest Tua fan personally. I think he's like a Marcus Mariota where he's a really high-end backup down the line. I don't see a long-term quarterback. Maybe the Washington football team feels differently. I just feel like Peyton traded for Teddy Bridgewater. They still have Locke on the bench, by the way. It's also, if they even sniff around to it, if I'm Locke, I am demanding a trade out of Denver. I mean, you're going to tell me you sat me for Teddy Bridgewater and now you're going to poke around to it when you have your own young quarterback you've invested in? I would rather the Broncos see what they have in Drew Locke than give up capital for someone like Tua. Save those picks. You'll need them down the road if you want a quarterback in the draft, which I think is the route Peyton is going to take. I don't think there's too much veracity to this report. Washington, maybe. Denver, I don't think. I don't see it happening. I just, I don't. There's nothing to me. I don't see anything about, by the way, guys, I'm not 100% here today. I'm still battling. You'll see me sucking on this tea my wife made me for my throat. I'm still a little bit under the weather and uh, podcasting with probably half my brain tied behind my back. But nevertheless, Zach, I just don't see it. I don't understand what the allure would be about Tua. And I'm trying to think back. Last year, no, Denver Broncos, uh, they had pick 10, right? That they traded back. Or no, wait a minute. What was what was the 2020? That was Judy at 15, right? So they weren't in striking distance uh, for Tua Tagovailoa. And I ne- never heard one word, right. Zach, that connected right. now that was the john elway regime granted still i never heard word one 
that connected Tua as a quarterback of interest. I think part of it, unfairly to him, is that he's a southpaw. Um, I know that there are a lot of, uh, you know, it's all kind of unwritten, uh, under the table, behind closed doors type of talks, but a lot of teams, they, they're not really feeling southpaw quarterbacks because I don't know how big of a deal it is. Talk to an NFL pro-wide receiver, but the way the ball spins differently, the way you have to kind of flop things as far as your offense, how you go strong, things like that. But, dude, Tua, just go with Locke. And there's a chance, Zach, if you are looking for that spark, there's a chance you could see Drew Locke tomorrow. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they are going to run Teddy out there, but – Teddy's banged up. He's questionable. And yeah. even though Vic Fangio today, Zach, really tried to play it down, like, oh, you know, or, or, pardon me, play it up. You know, we'll see if Teddy's going to be good to go. Pat Shermer immediately took the podium after him and was asked this topic, a question on the same topic. It was like, well, my understanding is Teddy's going to be good to go tomorrow. He's a pro. So telegraph to the Cleveland Browns. Teddy Bridgewater is playing tomorrow, sounds like. But you know what? Play Drew Locke, man. If you need a spark, play Drew. If you don't get that spark, hey, your season's over anyway, and you know you gotta you gotta be sure what you have or don't have on the bench right now. To think though, we're one hard hit away from now seeing Drew Locke versus Case Keenum. And let me just say, as an aside, God help Vic Fangio if on primetime television, Case Keenum takes down his defense without. By the way, they're not going to have Kareem Chubb. They're not going to have. Kareem Chubb. They're not going to have Kareem Hunt. They're not going to have Nick. I guess I'm not 100% either. Odell Beckham Jr. is beat up. They don't have their starting tackles. Von Miller wants to kill the backups. If Case Keenum wins this game with that uh, much missing for him around him, I mean, it's going to be, it should be a bloodbath in Denver. The thing with Tua, though, it's one thing to be a southpaw. It's another thing to be a perpetually injured southpaw. He has kind of an injury jacket, which should scare a lot of people, including George Payton. I just don't see him doing this deal. I, again, I can see Washington do it. But then again, I would take, I agree with my comment I saw. I'm not going to take credit for it because I agree, but uh, I would take Taylor Heineke, who's really a sneaky kind of good quarterback. Most people aren't paying attention to over someone like Tua, who you could argue that his development cratered. I'm just taking a quick peek here. We'll get to, uh, let me straighten out my mic a little bit. Um, we'll get to some matters of business here in just a second. Um, the argument between DK Metcalf and Shannon Sharp real quick. I'm a little bit distracted today, guys. I'm on like cold medicine. <laughs> By the way, I did get tested for CV just to see in case people are worried and wondering. I don't have CV. It is just a gnarly cold. But uh, Todd says, did you hear about the argument between DK Metcalf and Shannon Sharp? DK is crazy to mouth off to Sharp. I have not, Zach. I don't know if that uh, crossed your radar. I mean, I saw, it was actually from a few days ago, but it's I haven't kept up with that story. Fill us in in the comments. I've seen like the reaction to it and people taking sides in that, but uh, I'm not sure. I'd like to know, though. Travis, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for your support. He says, Evening Priest and Broncos country, it's really sad to see our fan base attacking each other over how bad our Broncos have been the past three weeks. Hashtag pointless. I'm always Denver Broncos for life. Um, I mean, we talked about, bro, long and lamented it for months the divide and how in broncos country how toxic it had become uh mostly as a result of the locked arrangement syndrome but uh i think now it's just people zach for those who are you know getting chippy within you know bronco on bronco crime in the fan base it's just people don't know where else to express their 
frustration, angst. I mean, it's bad, dude. I also think it's the lock people, I mean, that were battling the people with LDS. They're now saying, well, what about my guy? I mean, see, you, you wanted Teddy, you roll with him, you stand for him, you cape for him, and he's not exactly lighting it up after a 3-0 start. Let's see what my guy can do. It's almost like told you so. I mean, that's what you're going to get with Teddy, but we still don't know what the Broncos, at least this season, would have had with Drew Locke as the starter. So there's a lot of still bad blood between the factions, and that's only going to mend when the Broncos get a long-term quarterback the entire fan base can rally around. It's, it's going to be a while. Muhammad, what's going on, Mo? How you doing? Hope little baby Malik's doing well. Appreciate your support, as always, brother. He says, mile high salute to the CEO and the Dragon. Love you, dude. Appreciate you. Real quick, Eric Ortegon. I was trying to find your Twitter account the other night. Couldn't find it. So I'm sure it's on there because I remember tagging you before, but uh, remind me what it is. Um, Zach, real quick, and then we'll get to matters of business. A top rope, uh, thunderous wow. super chat from Thank the you. Duchess jumping in. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. Love you. How are things in your neck of the woods? Hope you're doing well. I mean, that blows us away. I hope you know that. I mean, love you. She says, rather... I would rather have Drew Locke than Tua. He is frail. He is frail. And I just haven't looked. Do I watch every single snap of the Miami Dolphins, Zach, since um, he arrived? No, but I've yet to see anything. I've watched a lot of Dolphins. I've yet to see this cat do anything that made me go, ooh, sit up in my seat a little bit. There was a little bit of a stretch last year before he ran into the buzzsaw called the Broncos defense and got – hurt his foot. I say that in uh, air quotes for those of you not watching because, let's face it, the, the the Dolphins use that as a plausible excuse to camouflage the fact that he got benched in a last-ditch effort to, hey, let's get Fitzpatrick in there and hope we can you know sling it out and come back at the end. But he was definitely underwhelming in that game, Zach. And who beat Tua in that game? And people have a very, very short memory. I mean, I watched truncated – every week I watch every game truncated on NFL's uh, YouTube channel. So I watched Tua last week. He makes a lot of throws that Teddy would make. I mean, around the sticks or a little short of the sticks. I mean, nothing really too exciting. He takes a couple chances over the top. Again, some of that has to do with his talent level, his offensive line, but um, I saw a comment that he's a younger version of Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's accurate, except he's left-handed and he has a little more mobility. I don't see a franchise guy personally. No. Guys, lots more to get to. Andrew Baker, stay patient. I'm going to grab you next. First, though, we just want to give you a quick update on where things stand on the October uh, jersey raffle on Facebook. For those of you uh, that are new to what we do here at MHH and the Huddle Up podcast, we're trying to get to 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of October. What are stars? Stars is similar to Super Chat on YouTube. It's a way that our Facebook community uh, can support us as hosts, as shows, as a as a channel. And so we have a goal for 250000 When we reach it, we're going to raffle off a Pat Sertan jersey. We raffled off a, uh, was it a Vaughn jersey, the first one, and then a Simmons, Justin Simmons last month, because we keep hitting goal. And we're hoping we're going to hit goal this month, but we're at 51%, which is, you know, we've gained some ground since the last game, but we're still a little bit behind the eight ball because we're more than 51% into the month. So the raffle, the, what it go or the people in the running, man, you can tell I'm not hundred percent tonight, but uh, are only those who contributed to the goal. And here is who's going to have the most tickets in the hat. 
if we were to draw today. It's Randy Jones at the top, uh, Josh Hoyle at two, Michael Ronquillo three, Mama Muti at four, Lawrence Rivera at five, Shane Daniels at six, Andrew Lampy at seven, Travis Weber at eight, Pete Middleton nine, and Doug Rykel. Rykel? Rykel? Rykel, I'm going to say. At 10, and then the legend Gary, Mike Reno, just a few guys outside Claude, uh, the top 10, but uh, it's going to be fun when we do that drawing. Now, the YouTube, we can't update that tonight because Scott is uh, not with us this evening. He had a little something, something he had to take care of, so we'll provide you that update tomorrow night for the gut reaction. How weird is that? Tomorrow night's Thursday, Zach. Not the Mile High Mailbag, the gut reaction. Um, Andrew, thank you, bro. He says, not a lot of faith that we win tomorrow, but hey, any given Sunday or Thursday, right? LOL. Besides the coaching and offensive problems, this defense has not lived up to the hype. I even gave them uh, and how they will play tomorrow with the secondary getting beat. Very little pass rush. Our linebacker injuries and Simmons may be out delivering a baby. Um, yeah, dude, the, the the Broncos defense, Zach, has definitely underwhelmed. They got off to a solid start. Vaughn went on that tear with four and a half sacks the first three games and then disappeared. And then what did we get? at the podium yesterday from Von Miller. He's trying to uh, resurrect the we're going to kick their ass thing from 2018 exactly. <laughs> where he put out a, you know, Babe Ruth pointing to the, to the rafters and uh, calling his shot type situation. He said something similar talking about how he's going to, whatever tackles lined up across from him on Thursday night, he's going to kill him. And, you know, I'm putting this game on me to win and blah, 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 blah. So hopefully, who knows, Zach? It's bulletin board material for these Case Keenum-led Cleveland Browns, but maybe it rallies the troops. It's so weird to say, isn't it, though? I can't believe, I mean, the Broncos are going to face Case Keenum in in a primetime game. The Broncos uh, never really play well in those situations. They, I I said this last week, and I I really don't want to believe in them or give them the benefit of the doubt or pick them, but how could you really lose this game? Your season's on the line, your team is spiraling, but you get a Browns team that has completely handicapped and neutered on offense. They don't have their quarterback. They don't have their two running backs. They don't, they're not going to probably have their star receiver, at least at full strength. They're already without Jarvis Landry. They don't have their starting tackles. I mean, if the Broncos defense doesn't win this game alone for them, there's something wrong, but there is literally no excuse to lose. And if Case Keenum emerges in this with a W and he plays even the, the fairest bit marginally, Vic Fangio should be fired on the spot. That's not hyperbole. I think everyone would agree at that point. You're not a kidding. You're not a kidding. But would George Payton oblige? Lawrence, what's up, dude? Thank you for the stars, bro. He says, the young draft pick talent, just like Drew Locke, we're not going to be able to build uh, them those. Uh, We need somebody proven that can come in and step in when our coaches are incompetent. Yeah, that's your only antidote, Zach, to coaching incompetency is, you know, veteran savvy and the Broncos don't have that you know Teddy they, they, you know you hear he's a veteran and he is but let's not pretend he's like Ben Roethlisberger veteran or Aaron Rodgers veteran that's seen 16 after 16 after 16 after 16 for decade plus I mean he's what was he a 2014 draft pick and he missed a whole nearly two full seasons of play so like he is a veteran Zach but he's not as far down he's not talented enough a and he's not far enough down the path as a veteran to overcome what has been clear and evident and present i'm going uh tom clancy on you guys here clear (laughs) clear and present uh coaching incompetency 
But you know how you fix coaching incompetency? You, you get the right coaches. You replace the coaching staff and you get competent people in the building because that'll make everyone, including the quarterback, better. I think that's where the Broncos should focus their energy and focus their investments on fixing the coaching and then getting to the quarterback. But again, you can, like you mentioned, you can hide uh, an average coordinator or an average quarterback if you have an elite you know, counter to balance that out. The Broncos have neither. They have actually below average at both areas, and you're seeing the results now. But thank you for the stars, guys. You know we love you. We appreciate you. Um, Mark says, dude, you already know what you have in Locke. Why do you keep pounding on a backup QB? Tua's numbers are better than Locke's. I don't know. Wait. Should we look at him, Zach? How, wait, how do we know what we have in Locke, though? I mean, when was he given an opportunity to show what he can do in 2021? He had a very limited preseason, and in that preseason, uh, he actually held his own pretty well. He had less interceptions overall than Teddy for all the talk about steady Teddy. Um, I, I, I don't, I disagree with that fully. The Broncos do not know what they have in Drew Locke. They know what they had in 2019, a 4-1 quarterback. They know what they had last year, somewhat despite a pandemic-ruined, injury-marred year. He was never given a shot this year to show what he had, he can do in a make-or-break third year with a better supporting cast and continuity among the coaching staff. I disagree completely. All right, we've already kind of told you how we feel about Tua based off the eye test, all right? But let's go ahead and do a little box score scouting for Mark, okay? Um, career in 13 games, uh, he's 7-5 and five overall as a starter. That's positive, okay? That's solid. A lot of that, though, obviously is uh, fueled by that run that he helped kind of preside over temporarily uh, last year as a rookie. But, Zach, look at this, 2,300 uh, yards for his career, uh, passing 14 scores, seven interceptions. Now, this is after, I mean, he doesn't even have the one full year yet as far as starts or whatever in the in the league. This is what Mark is saying, that he's better than Drew. Now, he could be better than Drew. I mean, we're not telling you absolutely that uh, Drew Locke is better, but at this stage, man, being that they've both kind of been used and, and abused a little bit in the league, I'd rather go with the devil I know at this stage and be sure that the guy that I've invested in uh, sacrificed for seeing great flashes. I mean, has Tua produced? Let's have a look. Let's real quick, Zach. Uh, let's let's have a look and see if he has produced a 300-yard passing game yet. All right, let's just take a look here. Uh, he's got one. Uh, whoop, where'd it go? Uh, week three, he passed for 329 yards. Props to him. But what's your what's your uh, reply to um, to Mark? Uh, against Jacksonville. Now check his game-winning touchdown drives, Chad, compared to Drew Locke, what he did you know, in, in certain situations as we've seen the last couple of years. But to lend credence to the argument that Tua is a left-handed version of Teddy Bridgewater, look at his career yards per average attempt passing. It's 6 point, whatever it was, 6.4 or 6.8. Under 7 yards an attempt, he sh he's throwing... Uh, Teddy ball, you know, short of the sticks, keep moving the chains with uh, death by a thousand paper clips, even though the Broncos end up killing themselves half the time. He's underwhelming considering his uh, talent and ability, his dual threat ability in particular. You wonder, though, about the hip coming into the NFL. There was word that it could be a career threatening malady for him. That also plays a part in it. I just don't see franchise material. I see a high end backup or a Teddy like holdover band aid starter for any team who wants to and is desperate enough to take them on. I don't see it. I really don't. Tua doesn't really uh, – hold on. 6.4, you were right, Zach. 6.4 yards per attempt. 
let's see. Does it show his career rating? Where, where am I finding this? Uh, career rating. Let me shrink it down a little bit. Uh, this is only showing me this year. Well, we'll I'll come back to it. I don't want to bog down the show. But uh, meanwhile, real quick, Drew Locke, all right? He's 8-10 and 10 as a starter. Now, we could go back. I don't have the information off the top of my head, but we could go back and look at, Zach, what his record was after 13 starts and just see. Um, career yards per attempt, 6.6. 23 touchdowns to 19 picks. Doesn't count as rushing scores. Uh, completion percentage, significantly lower than Tua's career mark. Right now, Tua is at 64%, which is solid NFL uh, quarterback completion percentage. Drew, career, 59. For I, I, just, I, I just also looked up, Teddy, what he's averaging this year is 7.65 yards per pass. So if you think the Broncos offense is bland, and vanilla with Teddy <laughs> under center. Imagine what Tua would bring to the table. Not much more excitement there. I mean, you just have to realize also he's the number five overall pick. Drew Locke was number 42. It, it's really apples and bowling balls when you compare them as physical prospects. Tua should be pr- producing at a better clip than what he has. And also considering the coaches in Miami, you can say what you want about their ability. At least they believed in Tua enough to play him and stick with him, at least up until now. The Broncos didn't have the same courtesy extended to Drew lock so we'll never really know i don't think it's a fair comparison uh jeremy jumping in black knight what's up bro he says hey guys quick question before i head out if george payton cleans house are you guys worried about him bringing people over from the vikings worried no i mean it would depend on entirely who you know what i'm saying like and if the broncos are going to get into the 21st century of the nfl and go offense there's no one really there that is even qualified exactly. to, to contend for that. I mean, Kubiak's boy, he's still just cutting his teeth as a coordinator and has yet to uh, really do anything, Zach, to warrant even that kind of consideration. And Kevin Stefanski, you know, he already bounced. We're going to see him tomorrow night coaching the Cleveland Browns. So <laughs> unless they decided to go back to the defensive side and pluck like Zimmer's boy, who I, I'm trying to remember, what he, is he the coordinator there now? The defensive coordinator, um, either way, I, that's just not something I'm worrying about until it's not a you know, we'll cross the bridge when we get there type thing. Man, if Vic Fangio got ad coached by Rich Basaccia, can you imagine what Kevin Stefanski might do tomorrow to him mm. on national television? It's not going to be pretty. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree with what you said, Chad. I, I think you, uh, you, you said what I was going to say there. Real quick, uh, shout out to Duke. By the way, Duke, I was we were disappointed. We were expecting to see you at the meet and greet. I didn't see I saw a few dudes with long goats, but no Duke Boynton. We were uh we were disappointed. Kiaka, what's up, dude? I just said it wrong. Kayaka, what's up, bro? By the way, your program got returned to me by the USPS. I put the wrong address somehow, so I'll rectify that, get it right back, turned around to you, bro. Uh, he says, and thank you for the super chat, brother. He says, I'd gladly take Tua Tagovailoa. Let's see, Tungo Vailoa. Okay. So it's supposed to be, you're supposed to say like Tungo. Okay. That's, I didn't know that. That's why I stuck to Tua. Good to know. I'd never, uh, I'd gladly take Tua. I'd never say no to a fellow Hawaiian Samoan on the home team. This just isn't a thing, though. Not Peyton's MO. I am elated on Jerry Judy returning. We will win. Well, on that front, real quick, Zach, the last I heard, unless I'm missing something being under the weather, is you know less than 50% chance or less that he's going to be able to go. As of today, he's still on injured reserve. So you're probably – odds are 
saying you're not going to see Judy this week, but I feel pretty confident you'll see him for week eight. I mean, it, it would be so on brand, though, wouldn't it, for the Broncos to rush Judy back on a short week instead of playing the long game and, and preserving his health for the entire season. But as they show with Bradley Chubb, they don't always make the smart or common sense decision. I don't think he's going to play tomorrow, though. They can get by, um, especially considering how shorthanded the Browns are going to be. The defense should be able to stifle them, and it, it might not require much from the offense. But again, that might be giving the Broncos too much credit coming off last week's disgraceful loss. That's the only word that you can use. I mean, I guess you could throw in embarrassing, but disgraceful and embarrassing. Those are the two words that... Sickening. Three now. We got a triumvirate <laughs> of words. Uh, Dave from Georgia, longtime Super Chat superstar, MHH Mount Rushmore. What's good, bro? Still rocking the Let Him Hate t-shirt. Love you, buddy. Sorry I've been away, he says. Health and family issues. Oh, man. Glad to have an evening with y'all. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag football priests. Hey, dude, we keep you in our thoughts, you know, and uh, when you got things going on, let us know. So we can also keep you in our prayers, my friend. We're just glad to have you with us, have you back in the saddle, with the gang all here. So thanks, Dave. Thank you. It's good to see you, Dave, and we hope uh, things are on the upturn for you. Uh, Mike Reno says, and thank you for the stars, Mike, is this coaching staff now trying to sabotage Teddy by sending him out hurt so that if he leaves the game and Locke takes over and wins, they can still claim that they were right? Interesting. Um, you know, tinfoil hat theory, Zach, your thoughts. Well, he backed himself into a corner, Fangio. When you sit Drew Locke and you make that surprising and I think radical of a decision, it really, you know, you're going all in on Teddy. So if Locke comes into the game, let's say tomorrow, and the Broncos are on a three-game losing streak and he rallies the Broncos to a win and gets them above 500 on primetime television, by the way, against a former Broncos quarterback in Case Keenum, I don't think they would be right. I think they'd be proven wrong. I think it would show that Fangio made the wrong decision and you should have went with Drew Locke all along if only to see if he can do exactly that. Win games this season. Very simple. I Very think simple stuff. Vic Fangio already is uh, looking like he made the wrong decision. I mean, it was a self-serving decision. It was made in the interest of covering yep. one's ass it was made in the interest of saving one's job and you can understand that but when your motivations um are rooted on a selfish level it usually blows back more often than not especially in a collective team type pursuit uh go ahead bro also when you leave the decision and and the whole uh, you know state of the franchise in the hands of a 60 year old defensive mind and he who's proven to be not a head coach in Fangio I mean that just adds another layer to it Savage Boy Kev on Twitch what's good bro he says but Vaughn can't get sacks if someone on the other side doesn't help him apply pressure uh looks like maybe this was in response to someone else I'm not sure uh I'm looking here but look here's the bottom line with Vaughn he said it himself he kind of disappeared the last three games, and I subscribe to, you know, it was really cool, Thomas Hall's article last week, guys. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's basically, the I think the title is something close to the one missing ingredient that could, you know, turn the Broncos season around type thing. And it talks about how, yes, look, pressures are important. They're part of the, we'll call it the defensive tapestry, all right? But production is king, all right? Do you sack the quarterback? And Vaughn would be the first one to tell you that you don't get paid on pressures. You get paid on sacks, my dog, if you're a rush linebacker or a rush edge rusher. And he's said it yesterday. He hasn't been getting it done. And has he been getting a lot of help? No. 
Uh, Shelby Harris has completely disappeared since Who? he got that paycheck. Draymond Jones, another classic case of, hey, pressures, you know, they're good. It's You know, when you win, it's nice to be able to say, oh, Draymond didn't get home, but hey, look, he had four pressures. Hey, cool, hang your hat on that. But when you're losing, you can point to the fact that, dude, Draymond, sack the quarterback. All right, Vaughn, Malik Reed, as we've told you all along, is a great try-hard guy. He's a great motor guy. He's a great uh, cleanup guy, but he's not getting home unless the QB screws up or the coverage is just locked down. Vaughn is the only guy on a consistent level. I'll throw Draymond in there that has the ability currently healthy. I mean, because Chubb's still sideline. Those are the only two dudes on the field, Zach, that on a snap in and snap out basis have the wherewithal as individuals to beat their man one on one and get to the quarterback. And the truth is, they're not doing it the last three games anyway. I, I just think if you have a future Hall of Fame talent in Von Miller, who's completely healthy now and show that he has plenty of gas left in the tank, if, if you're worth your salt as a defensive mastermind, you should be able to get consistent production and consistent sacks with Von Miller every game. But he kind of, you know, set himself up now, too. He kind of made his bed by saying he's going to kill the Browns' backup tackles. And if he's Von Miller, at this stage of his career, coming off, you know, so far a solid season, he has to produce now, or else he's going to look really bad. It's going to be egg all over Von's yeah. face and, and a bad day for the Broncos' defense. He has to get home regardless, but I think the absence of Bradley Chubb is hurting him. And I, the defensive line, really. I mean, Draymond's getting close, like you said. But Shelby is such a letdown to me personally. We were advocating, I was advocating for Shelby to get paid, get his big contract. I didn't think he'd check out, though. And But yeah. that's kind of coming becoming a, a trend on the Broncos. Garrett Bowles, Simmons, Shelby Harris. You know, you really wonder Yikes. what's going on. Yeah, it's true. The three guys that they really paid over the last calendar year disappearing act um some some clarity here by the way from todd thank you lest we forget juan james too by the way yes indeed uh, Ju- uh, uh shannon sharp <laughs> retorted this is in the topic of the dk metcalf thing sharp said you'll be lucky to have a resume like mine when your career is done metcalf responded calling sharp a wannabe has been and it's like come on dude who ca- i mean look i know you guys brought it up but who cares, dude? D- what has DK Metcalf achieved in the league? Sharp has three rings, countless Pro Bowls and All Pros, and he's in the Hall. So you know, wake me up when DK has even one of those things. Has he made it to a Pro Bowl yet? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think, I think so. Last yet. year, I'm Did not he? sure. I mean, I, I know check. he he's an ascending receiver, but I feel like I, I know it's his job, Shannon Sharp, to be this. Uh, uh, this combative, but he's kind of punching down, I think, kind of responding even to what DK is saying. I mean, uh, if that's how it happened, if he responded to DK or DK actually made the first move there, but yeah. uh, much ado about nothing considering else that's going on right now in, in the Broncos landscape. You're right, by the way. Second team All-Pro last year and a Pro Bowl. So that's Great a good receiver. Start. That's a good but, start, DK. Keep it going. But not Shannon Sharp level yet. Saw this dude at the Combine when we were there in 2019 together, Zach and I, and the dude, it looks like he's chiseled out of freaking marble. I mean, like yeah. Greek God style uh, gladiator on Mount Olympus. Uh, shout out to Michael Ronquillo. What's going on, bro? Um, I don't think Zach's still under the weather, right? You're, you're free yeah. and clear now. We're still vestiges uh, or what? I have a little congestion still. I mean, that's the thing with these colds or whatever I had. It's not, so it wasn't CV either. I, I tested myself for that, but it's, uh, it's going around right now, apparently. 
All right, let me check the chat. Uh, we have a few supers and some stars that we haven't been able to get to here. Let me try go on the back end because uh, the chat has jumped a lot of them. So bear with us, gang. We're going to get to you. Um, let's see. The Patriot Brothers, we know who this is. Smouse in the house. What's up, Zachary? Hope you're doing well, buddy. If we lose tomorrow night, I think Peyton needs to clean house. You're not alone in that thought, my friend. You're not alone, but I don't think you'd see any um, t- tangible changes, whether it's coaching, whether it's making a cue change uh, until the bye. And that's not till week 11. And by the time you get to week 11, Zach, the unfortunate, uh, if that's your approach, if your mindset is, we'll wait till the bye if we're going to make any changes. By the time you get to week 11, I get it. You've got 18 weeks now in this season, but odds are if you wait till then, you're going to have exactly. dug yourself into a hole too deep to climb out of in 2021. But maybe that's the point. Maybe uh, Peyton looks at this and goes, all right, writing's on the wall. We're not doing anything this year. So I'm going to go ahead and let this ship sink as deep as it can to maximize our draft position next year. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I, I just feel like four straight losses, Chad, four in a row. And and the last two, the most egregious you could talk about losing to an interim Raiders head coach coming into your building, and then you talk about losing on prime time to a Case Keenum-led team. I don't know how there wouldn't be a change in Dove Valley. Maybe not Fangio getting fired, even though he would deserve to be, but you would have to maybe sacrifice Tom McMahon, Pat Shermer, someone. You would have to maybe sit Teddy Bridgewater for Drew Locke if he doesn't shine tomorrow night. I said it last week, but really this is the case considering all that's on the line, all that's happened, all the turmoil. There is no excuse at all for Denver to lose this game. And if they do, they go to 3-4, and their season on the brink. We hear players are having squabbles with the coaching staff. I don't know how Peyton doesn't step in and, and try to do something. I mean, it's almost like using a fire extinguisher on a house fire. You still have to try. might not work, but salvage mm-hmm. what's left. Uh, this question from Christian. Thank you for the super chat, bro. Uh, what are your score predictions for tomorrow night? Repping my lock jersey tomorrow for, uh, for good luck. Good luck. Okay, got you. Thank you. See, I need my syntax translator. Got you. Uh, let me tell you, the uh, spread is uh, Cleveland favored by two and a half points, according to SI Gambling. Over under is forty one points. All right. So that being the case, Zach. <laughs> um, do you have a score prediction? Well, I'm pounding the under. I don't think they're going to reach 41 with Case Keenum and a, a gimpy Teddy Bridgewater. You know, it's weird to have a game tomorrow, Chad. I'm still kind of on last week's game. I haven't, you know, flipped my mind tomorrow yet. But uh, we're going to have a roundtable article. I'm going to keep you guys in suspense. I, I think I've laid out how I feel. Look for that tomorrow night. I still want to kind of gather some last-minute thoughts as well. But there's no reason why the Broncos should lose. That's all I'll say. Traditionally, we have always kept our predictions for the Mile High Roundtable article. We've uh, deviated from that a couple of times during this football season. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll have a unified front. Read the article. Probably goes up, if not tonight, first thing in the morning. So you won't have to wait too long, bro. Andrew Baker, here's to y'all feeling better. But, by the way, Garrett might kill our offense. Miles Garrett, hope not. Let's go, Vaughn. We need some. Thank you for the stars, brother. And that definitely makes us feel better. Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's a problem, man. Like miles Garrett is, uh, he's legit. And Garrett Bowles has been in a bit of a slump. So you're going to have some Garrett on Garrett, you know, uh, battle going on tomorrow night. And it's going to be one of the key matchups of the game. 
We'll see if Jadeveon Clowney suits up. I think he's currently listed as questionable. We can go through the final injury report tonight if you want to as well. But, um, yeah, this is – look, I know Baker's not going to be there. No Chubb, no Hunt. They're, they're as banged up as the Denver Broncos currently. But, you know, that that matchup on the edge, that's what concerns me the most, especially if you trot Teddy out there. Or whether it's Drew either, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, considering I actually have a tweet right now on, I I had it yesterday about uh, kind of breaking down the film from last week's game. Uh, The Broncos edge protection is a major problem, whether it's Garrett Bowles, Bobby Massey, or Calvin Anderson, who filled in for Bowles against the Raiders. I mean, they have a problem there. It scares me to think what Garrett and Clowney could do uh, facing them one-on-one with the gimpy Teddy, whose mobility is going to be affected. That's been one of his better assets this year is getting out of pressure and escaping and moving up the pocket. That might not, not be a, a, you know, a, a valve for him. But Cleveland's not going to have JOK. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, he's been playing Nice, thin. dude. You freaking well it. done. I wanted him so bad in the pre-draft process, so I, I baked that on my brain. Uh, he's not playing. That's a big, big you know a break for Denver because JOK is playing phenomenally this year. So again, if they can't make hay against a team that's literally down a bunch of their best players, I mean, how do heads not roll after that, Chad? To go on our last question about firing people, how do you not make a change? Hold that thought. Quick shout out to let everyone know on Facebook who the leaders are today on the board. Andrew Baker at the top. Appreciate you, bro. Josh Hoyle, David Crespin, Randy Jones, Shane Daniels, Mike Reno, Doug Raquel, Lawrence Rivera, Steve Lazuski, Jordan Mall, and Travis Tarbox. Appreciate you guys. We are keeping an eye out for your chats, your comments uh, in the stream. So uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get to more of that. Uh, let's catch up also, Zach, on some very patient Super Chat superstars, starting with Nathan. Good to see you, brother. Thank you for the support. He says, do you think Denver is only mentioned in trade talk uh, by sellers looking to put pressure on potential trade partners? Yep, that could yeah, be. Well, soon, Chad. Uh, thank you, buddy. And, yes, that's definitely part of it. You know, you try and create um, demand, right? That's one of the economic laws of the universe, supply, demand. Uh, that's how you can get the best yield is by whether it's artificial or genuine, Zach, if the demand perceived demand is high, then you and the supply is low can crank up your prices. Americans know this well right now with food supplies and laptops and (laughs) trucks and you name it. Steaks. Everything. Everything. I was going to make the same exact point. I said, you know, for proof of that, look at your local grocery shelves. I'm, I'm sure they're bare right now, but that's a whole other story. You know, I mentioned this amid the Aaron Rodgers uh, trade rumors. I mentioned that Rodgers is using Denver to get what he wants, either from Green Bay or another suitor. And I think that's the same thing happening with Tua. Because the NFL has it in their minds, the Broncos are perpetually on the hunt for a young franchise quarterback. They're going to be linked to every quarterback available. That's why... Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, I, I mean, now into a tongue of Iloa. My pronunciations are on point today. That's why they're being floated out there. It is absolutely, I think, that could be the case. They're being floated to drive up. Uh, there's a hidden motive out there for the seller, not the buyer. Hey, Rosé, what's up, dude? He says, I may be naive, but I feel like Peyton has been preparing for this situation the entire time. Refresh next season. Hashtag trust in Peyton meaning that Peyton knew all along this season was uh, you know, going down the toilet, 
And so he's basically been stacking the deck in that direction. Maybe not stacking the deck, but just being prepared. Could be true, but I don't think so. I just don't think NFL teams really think that way. And on one hand, yes, didn't sound like he had a whole lot of choice in the matter because Fangio was foisted upon him. But Zach, you know, he did everything he could from the draft to free agent acquisitions. And even to this day right now, I mean, they're making. uh, Thank you. What was it yesterday, Zach? Seven, seven transactions. I mean, he's working every day. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know they they uh, they released David Moore yesterday amid their flurry of roster moves, and he didn't have a catch in two games. He was targeted a handful of times. They signed John Brown off the street in week six, a former two-time thousand-yard speedster wide receiver. He 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 wasn't even barely on the field when in his only opportunity, a game the Broncos were trailing by multiple scores, and he would have liked to see in a deep shot. So Peyton is doing all he can. It's not his fault that he's buying the groceries for a a chef that can't cook because that's the Broncos coaching staff. They're not making use of the ingredients Peyton's giving them. They're squandering them. That's the best analogy I'll continue to draw. All right, let's keep going here. Kayaka again. Thank you, brother. That's two tonight. He says, unless you're named Lamar Jackson, the quarterback is irrelevant until this atrocious offensive line gets their poo together. ASAP. They're bad. Feel better, chat. Aloha, Broncos country. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You know, on that topic, you're not wrong, bro. Um, on that topic, Trickle produced an article today that I thought was interesting that kind of laid out the prime starting five. Like, all right, we've seen who the initial, the coach's initial starting five, how that's kind of shaken out this year. You, nothing to write home about. What would uh, perhaps, with the options the Broncos have on roster, what would be a better kind of combination of the starting five? Go read the article for the rationale, but here's the uh, cliff notes, Zach. Of course, Garrett Bowles, you're not moving him. Left guard, though, Quinn Miners. All right, center, bye-bye Lloyd. Move over, Graham Glasgow to center. Right guard, uh, that's Reisner. So Reisner's going from left side to right side. He does have a lot of experience on as far as his pass sets and stuff like that. Playing on the right side, he was a career right tackle, basically, at Kansas State. And then at right tackle, sit down Bobby Massey because Calvin Anderson is going against, let's say, Jadeveon Clowney. That's the top. That's the that's the collection of five that Trickle thinks, at least at this stage, would be better than what they're they have out there. And there's there's his argument. If you read the actual article, there's a lot you'll find yourself nodding your head. But as he also acknowledges, teams rarely make such wholesale changes. I mean, you're moving four positions basically, right? Um, even though two of your starters are staying on the field, they are moving positions. It's completely unrealistic to expect that to happen, barring some kind of, you know, what's the opposite of a miracle? Well, he, he's far from the biggest problem, but when can we start maybe questioning or critiquing Mike Munchak? Because yeah. it, it's not just one lineman this year. It's every single lineman is underperforming or at least not excelling. I mean, and, and break it down. You have one of the highest paid tackles, a former first-round pick in Garrett Bowles, a left tackle. You drafted a guard in the second round in Reisner, a third-round pick in Cushenberry, $11 million a year uh, in Graham Glasgow, and Bobby Massey was, what, an 80-game starter, whatever he was. I mean, they're all not doing great. None of them are really excelling. And I know Munchak's is like, you know, he has the reverence of Fangio 
in, in terms of him being a mastermind or a guru, but I don't think he's really making the most of this starting five. And you wonder, is it the scheme? Is it something he's teaching them? Is it something they're not picking up? Would they be better suited in a, in a more of a power system? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself because he's on that list. Maybe not the top of it, where Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio are, but he's on there. Shout out to Zeus McPeak jumping in with a super chat saying hi to everybody. Love you, Stu. How you doing, bro? Uh, can't wait till we finally get to meet you in person, my friend. But hope everybody's doing well in your neck of the woods. Zach, we're at 46 minutes. So I'm going to catch up on one or two more supers, and then I want to do some quick head-to-head comparison here. Uh, Broncos-Browns, and I know it's going to be somewhat uh, fool's gold because so much of what the Browns have done offensively you know, the contributors to the stats we're going to go over, they're not going to be on the field, right? No Baker, no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. Uh, but first, real quick, Luis, thank you, bro. Good to see you. Appreciate it. At this point, he says, with these coaches, is it really going to matter who is under center? Feel better, chat. Thank you, buddy. Uh, that's a point that, unfortunately, that's that's where we're at. But that's why, Zach, swing for the fences, dude, and hope for the best. Teddy has already butted up against his ceiling. Uh, and it might be a little bit unfair, but it's his ceiling with this collection of coaches and uh, players. I don't think he's, even without Judy and Hamler, I don't think he's all that bereft of talent, at least weapon-wise. He's got options, but his coaches aren't maximizing his, you know, or the players around him to put him and his teammates in the best position possible. So, you know, throw a guy like Drew out there that can run around and improvise and, hopefully in the best case scenario, you know, overcome the foibles of his coach, because look, Pat Shermer, he might, Vic Fangio might end up going down with every man on the ship, but I think the first head that rolls, even though we would have probably predicted before the season started that if there's a scapegoat this year, it's probably going to be Tom McMahon. I do think that there is momentum building toward Pat Shermer getting ousted. If the Broncos don't turn the ship around specifically because, Zach, you have a viable option waiting in the wings in Mike Shula. An option that he was, they were both hand-delivered to develop and take to the next level, and by sitting him in favor of a middling journeyman, it's almost an indictment on their failure to do that job with Drew Locke and develop him along. I think there is some truth to the fact that it wouldn't matter considering how bland and vanilla and broken the Broncos offense is under Pat Shermer, but at least Locke is fully healthy. I mean, Teddy is not just kind of sore. He's limping. He's beat up bad. I'm surprised he's not uh, more worse, worse injured. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm surprised he's not hurting more than what he is. He's also coming off a concussion. At least Drew is healthy and can maybe give the Broncos more of a, of a dynamic quarterback in the pocket because again when you're talking about the Broncos edge protection being so bad the Broncos O-line being so bad and they're going to face Miles Garrett who can wreck them one-on-one kind of like what Von Miller plans to do I mean you're going to need a quarterback that has mobility that's been Teddy's asset not so much tomorrow night Tom what's going on up in Canada buddy good to see you he says uh, has Teddy let's see has TD has TD ever come back from being down 24 7 LDS in full effect. The, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, has Teddy ever come back from being down 24 7? I don't know. Not to, not to my knowledge. Uh, they don't even acknowledge luck. It turns my stomach. Fangio and Shermer have sabotaged Drew's future in Denver anyway. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I mean, 
we knew, unfortunately, that when that decision was made, it spelled almost certain doom for Drew's future as a as a viable guy here in Denver. Doesn't mean he might not get another shot elsewhere, but it probably slammed the door on that as well. I mean, and that's the thing. It's a bummer, but that's the thing for NFL quarterbacks and players in general, but specifically quarterbacks. When you're given the floor and you get that window and it's your team. I remember Brett Rippon starting in week four last year against the Jets and he wins and the Broncos had started 0-3 and he goes out and gets them their first win. And of course the question's coming in from the media. Hey, you know, do you feel like you should be the starter now? He's like, no, this is Drew Locke's team. Drew Locke, that benefit of the doubt, that window of time where, hey, this is your team. Let's go. NFL clubs, man, they don't wait forever. And But what makes it frustrating, Zach, and to this day it's a, it's a little bit of a sore topic because what makes it frustrating is it would be one thing if Teddy w- uh, won the job based on how Drew's body of work finished up last year. You didn't see him take any steps forward, but Drew did show serious improvement, both in training camp and at least uh, that the preseason game he got to start. Exactly the point I was going to make. It'd be one thing if uh, Teddy was head and shoulders better and more impressive in training camp and the preseason than Locke. But when the competition is neck and neck and the two competitors are a young quarterback you've invested in and kept your coaching staff around to, um, you know, harbor and develop, and the other guy is a journeyman who's obviously a one-year rental, the tie should go with the younger player. I mean, that's just common sense. Every team would do that 10 out of 10 times. Locke lit it up against the Vikings. I mean, he demonstrated the big playability he brings to the offense. He had less interceptions than Teddy Bridgewater in the summer overall in training camp and the preseason, and they decided to sit him down after people forget as well in the Seattle game, the last preseason game, kind of scripting game flow in Teddy's favor, the fourth down opportunities they went for, whereas they were punting with Drew Locke. Uh, So we got a glimpse of what Locke could be, but when you signal that that's your call, that, listen, you arguably beat your competitor, you're a young guy who we should rally around, and we're going with a middling guy who offers a cap ceiling, it says, we don't believe in you, you're not right for the present future of the organization. See you later. Yep, catch you on the flip-flop. We got a super chat here and a message from Mount Rushmore, member of our community, Mark Langley, a.k.a. Mark from Georgia, a.k.a. Big Daddy Mark. Says Chad Zach, it's been fun and real. I'm taking a step back for personal reasons. So that being said, you guys take care and love you both. Hashtag huddle up pod. Hey, bro, understood. We get it and uh, hope everything is well in uh, your neck of the woods. Give our best to your wife and your family. And if there's uh, anything going on, anything we can do to help, let us know. But it might could just be Zach that Mark, uh, in the in the face of yet another disappointing season, he's just like, look. For my own sanity, I'm taking a step back, which wouldn't be the first member of our community, reader, listener, things like that, that has said that, uh, that I've heard that from. Um, and I understand it. I do. But either way, whatever's going on, bro, love you, appreciate you. We'll see you uh, soon, I'm sure, You know, down the road. Yeah, I mean, apathy sets in when you the last five years and then you lose three straight and it's looking like same old Broncos, the same movie being replayed. I, I get that completely. So, Mark, anything we can do, please let us know again. And thank you for all that you've done. Uh, we appreciate you so much. All that you've done. I mean, for real. You, like I said, man, uh, when next year's uh, meet and greet rolls around, red carpet getting rolled out. All right, we'll make sure you're, you are there. Lord right. Mark, baby.
Lord Mark, baby. Um, okay, real quick, Zach, let's take a look at, before we run out of time here, some head-to-heads. Um, Broncos Browns. This is the weekly release packet that Broncos PR crafts together for we in the media and sends it over and some really cool stuff here. Um, there was one thing. Where'd it go? Oh, right here. Broncos, in case you guys can't see this right here, Broncos own a 14 and 12 record in games played on Thursdays. Denver, though, has won 11 of its last 14 Thursday games and is 9 and 5 on Thursday night football. So that includes, I'm guessing, then like Thanksgiving games, right? Um, but that's something to keep in mind. All right, real quick here. Um, the green signifies a top 10 ranking statistically, the red, uh, bottom 10, and then black is you're right in the middle. So both teams sit at three and three Broncos are uh, right in kind of middle of, of the pack in their turnover margin minus two and that four giveaway performance from Teddy, was it four or five, three picks, one fumble, right? Yeah. Three picks, one fumble. That's that really tanked them here. Cause they were in the top 10 as far as turnover margin and then the relative lack of their own takeaways. Now they're trending toward bottom 10. Meanwhile, the Browns, they are, bottom 10 time of possession though you're looking at the number one and number two that still stuns me zach that the broncos are still ranked that high in time of possession and it's all based on their first three games because they've been behind the eight ball possession wise big time in these last three yeah it's not i mean stats can be deceiving especially top it's because they've had the ball more because they've been the defense has been allowing more touchdowns. They've just been given more opportunities. So uh, I wouldn't read too much into that. I was going to say real quick, though, before we get into it, there was a lot more green on the Broncos' side a few weeks ago. It's funny, Chad, how they kind of you know reverted back to the mean, which is black and uh, middle of the road. Mm. Offense, look at all that green on, your, on, on uh, the Browns' side here. Not, they're top 10 in net yards. They are top 10 in yards per play. Top 10 in points per game, averaging 26 per game. They are number one in rushing. Now their two main dogs are going to be out. So Broncos have a chance here to uh, exploit that. But their bottom uh, five, bottom six in uh, net passing, which isn't that much of a surprise and, in fact, doesn't reflect on Baker. When you're producing at this rate on the ground – you're not needing to throw like right. crazy. So that balances out, makes perfect sense. They've only been picked off three times. They've lost four fumbles, though, that which is a lot for, you know, six games. Uh, sacks allowed. 18 is a lot for six 18. games. Wow. So look, they've got a chance here. I mean, there's a reason Baker's banged up, right? I mean, Broncos, Vaughn, in his big promise, I'm going to kill him, that whole thing, they got a chance here. Third down, not so good. Red zone, not so good. But look over here. I mean, nothing. To, there is not one thing you can hang your hat on anymore offensively for the Denver Broncos. They are dead last in third. Zach, they're that, converting one. Disgusting. Of honestly. three third down tries. Golly, that's that's terrifying, dude. dude. 
you know, you know what it is, Chad? In football terms, it's below the Mendoza line. I mean, when you're not even above 33%, I mean, that's 32nd. It might as well be 42nd. 29.9%. You can heave the ball up more in random opportunities and convert more third downs. That speaks to really how bad the Broncos' game planning is, their scheming is, their play calling is, and their quarterbacking is. That should be a lot higher. That A lot higher. A lot. I mean... Wow. Embarrassing. Um, But yeah, I mean, so most of their stats offensively are middle of the NFL. But then you get down to the keys. All right. Teddy is sacked or the Broncos quarterbacks have been sacked one time more than the Browns. So there's only two teams worse than Denver in terms of relinquishing sacks on their quarterback. Ouch. Third down percentage and red zone. Horrendous. I mean, there's only five teams worse than the Browns in the red zone and the Broncos are one of them, baby. Defense, though, it chins up a little bit, all right? The Browns, this is a legitimate defense, gang. Um, And they're banged up a little bit, too, but not as bad as their offense is. They are the number two defense in yards per game. Yards per play, their fourth points per game, though. They are allowing a little too many, 25.2 per game, which ranks them 22nd. But they're stopping the run, 87 yards per game. Broncos, though, are better. They're only allowing 85, and that's going to be put to the test, even without Chubb and Hunt this week, because no Alexander Johnson. You're getting Micah Kaiser. Uh, you're getting Justin Sternod. So that'll be a key uh, matchup or you know aspect to the game to, to monitor. Net passing, top 10 as well are the Browns. Broncos just outside the top 10. Interceptions, they've been few and far between. Whoop, for the Browns. Um, where'd it go? Few and far between for the Browns. They only have two. The Broncos only have four. But that's about what you'd maybe expect for a team, maybe one or two more. I mean, if you can average one per game, that's great. But four picks in six games, I mean, for this team, I'll take it. I'd like to see more, but two fumble recoveries for both teams. Sacks, though, let's look at this. The Broncos, Zach, inexplicably to me, are still in the top 10 in sacks defensively. They've got 14, ranking them ninth. They're tied for ninth while the Browns have 18, and they're tied for third. And then you look at the third down percentage. No longer is this the number one red zone defense in the NFL. They have fallen outside the top 10, have your Denver Broncos, and they're trending toward bottom 10 on third down. But meanwhile, Browns suck in both those departments. They're allowing a touchdown on seven out of 10 trips, Zach, inside the 20. Yeah, the Broncos can't score in the red zone, and the Browns can't defend in the red zone. That should be an interesting matchup. But I'm seeing all this black and the associated ranking with it, Chad. And for the league's highest paid defense with a defensive yeah. mastermind at the controls, 17th, 19th, 15th, I mean, it's, it, that is unacceptable. And once again, 14th speaks to bad coaching. You have the talent, obviously. There is a major coaching issue, a coaching cancer plaguing Dove Valley right now. Speaks to me to just a coach that's in over his head. And, you know, that's some, another thing that uh, we've talked about. It's something that Trickle wrote about at the site, milehighheddle.com this week, that, you know, the Broncos, if Vic Fangio could swallow his pride, he could make some changes to help this team on the coaching side without firing anybody. One of them being, hey, dude, give the give the play calling duties up to, to Ed. Let Ed go up into the into the sky and be your bird's eye view, a guy you trust. Let him call plays, and you jump in if and when needed type thing, right? And that allows you the presence of mind, the brain power, 
you know, uh, the, the Ram, for lack of a better term, to manage the team and do what you need to do on game day, which has been Fangio's biggest, biggest pitfall as a head coach. And he still just hasn't translated his traditional, you know, for all but one of his years as a coordinator in the league, pl- calling plays on defense. Only one year did he not do that from the booth. He's always done it from the booth. And so being a head coach, he had to learn how to do it from the sideline. The feel is completely different. And he'll tell you he's used to it now. And he maybe is used to it, but he's not as good. Let's face it. Colin plays from the sidelines, Zach, as he would be or has been in years past from the booth. I would rather someone like Bill Collar get a shot. That's an assistant that really never got a defensive coordinator opportunity. I don't know if he wants it or not, but Ed Donatello is cut from the same cloth as Fangio. He's a puppet. They just need new blood, new thinking, more aggressive approach. But when you have a a player like Simmons or a player like Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, Von Miller, there's so much talent on the Broncos defense, and those rankings should be a lot higher than what they are. All right, two rapid fires from our Facebook community, and then I think there's one more super, and then we got to go. Travis Weber says, they made the safe pick. Doesn't mean they made the right pick, talking about quarterback. If Denver is going to play like this, what is the harm of letting Drew play? We feel you. You nailed it, Chad. Ego, his pride, Fangio. That's the only reason Drew's not playing, point blank. Randy Jones says, and thank you for all your support, Randy. He says, Pat Shermer will not call plays that will benefit Luck. I'm guessing Pat will go before Vic. Vic can't take accountability for anything. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him stand up and say, yeah, I'm not doing a good enough job, man. I got to improve here, 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 and here. We've got, (laughs) but instead he likes to throw people under the bus, but he does it in a very, uh, I don't know how you would describe it, but it's in a very kind of sneaky way that a lot of people don't pick up on. So I'm glad to see, Randy, that you are picking up on it. But then he has one of his assistants up there every single solitary week in Tom McMahon saying, it's on me. The reason special teams failed is because of me. And you don't hold that assistant accountable. You harbor that incompetency. It starts to reflect on you. It's not just this year. It's not just last year. It's an ongoing problem that Fangio, you know, just wants to go like this too. Well, it's going to, the sword's going to turn back on him sooner, not later. By the way, our friend Albert says, I dare not predict anymore. We feel how I feel. Yeah. But it's our job to do so. So we must continue. Tony D.A. Dub. Thank you, bro. He says, can we start questioning Peyton? Is he not watching what we are? Would it not be beneficial to play Drew Locke and get a true evaluation without Pat Shermer and Fangio? Only makes sense for the Broncos future. I feel you, dude. You are preaching to not just the converted, like the priests preach to the congregation and you're the congregation preaching back to the priest. Like we're right there with you, dog. We are right there with you. We built the church that has the congregation when it comes <laughs> to something like that. I mean, we've been saying it for so long now, so long. We feel your pain, Tony. And by the way, it was so cool getting to meet you, bro. Um, Robot of doom says, Chad, Zach, isn't it funny how Vic ripped the Ravens for player safety, but he's rolling out a concussed Teddy with a leg injury <laughs> when he can't even walk. I don't know. Did you guys see the clip of him walking off the podium Sunday? I mean, it was bad. How bad would it be if Teddy got hurt in this game? How bad would it be? I mean, it'd be bad, but par for the course as far as the Broncos are concerned. And that would give at least Vic Fangio the plausible excuse to turn to Drew without feeling like he had to fall on a sword. Jay, can you you know uh, share screen? I had a tweet where I kind of clipped – 
uh, a picture of Teddy from practice, and he looks like a broken quarterback. I swear to God. Every other player, it was like a four-panel tweet from the Broncos, you know, prep work for tomorrow's game. Every other player looks normal or smiling or determined, whatever. Teddy looks so defeated and so demoralized. He looks like a guy who's like beat up bad. A guy that's limping off the podium and uh, was taking, what was it, like 17 hits last week? Look at that. One? Yeah, look at him. He's questioning his life choices. Yeah, for real. I mean, that's what that's what you see there. I feel you. That, that's not a, a motivated, inspired quarterback right now. That's a broken man who's thinking, how did I end up from Carolina mm-hmm. to here? All right, guys. Um, I think there's one more, and then we got a dip. Um, and then we'll do an update on Facebook and say goodnight for now. Uh, well, here it is. King Kirk. What's going on, King Kirk? Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, he says, I live in Ohio. Me and my pops will be at the game tomorrow. Oh, rad. I've been a Broncos fan my whole life, but this will be my first regular season Broncos game. That's cool, dude. That is so cool. Congrats to you, bro. So if the Broncos win, guys, we know uh, to thank Kirk for the good luck charm. Uh, by the way, there's a couple more I got to just read from the back that, that the chat jumped. So Eric, uh, he says, Oregon. By the way, Eric, I need to know your uh, Twitter handle, buddy. He says it was reported that Shanahan never said, I don't know about practice as a GM. Aren't you wondering about a head coach who didn't watch the, Oh, I see. It was reported that Mike Shanahan never said, I don't know about a practice as a GM. Aren't you wondering about a head coach who didn't watch the quarterback battle in practice? I feel you, Eric. We do. This is something we have um, lampooned Vic Fangio over many, many times. So it's, case in point as to why he's probably not long for the head coaching ranks um zach and then one other thing michael carmelina good to see you buddy thank you for that super chat he says keep up the great work gents we shall try and then last one from uh collection connection being that bad on third downs affects the defense yes it does dude the nfl football of all the sports you know you hear one-liners about how it's the greatest team sport it's true But the reason it's true is because every facet is symbiotic. It's all woven together and feeds off each other. And the Broncos, you know, that symbiosis has been completely disrupted. Yeah, it's it's a it's an entirely broken operation right now. Um, You know, the quarterback looks defeated and that translates over to the rest of the players when the offense can't, you know, produce anything, puts the defense on the field. They notice that the players notice that, you know, it, it was reported during the game that Simmons got into it with the coaching staff. We don't really know what about. We all presume that it's Simmons being put in bad situations. That's why he's late or failing in coverage. It could be the fact the offense is doing nothing to help the defense out. But they're not blameless, hardly, when they can never come up clutch. Not one single time, considering all the money they spend, all the accolades, all the talent that's there. When the Broncos' defense needs to stop, when they need to come up clutch, they never, ever, ever are. Can't say anything more better put than that so zach if you want to do the final matters of business rundown i'll get the stars ready yes sir uh be sure to follow us on twitter until we see you guys next time which will be tomorrow night uh a little later than usual it's the gut reaction podcast right after the game at the final whistle uh from cleveland tomorrow night but uh follow us on twitter at huddle up pod you can follow the main account for all your broncos news analysis rumors transactions and so much more at mile high huddle be sure to follow chad on twitter 
at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a dad hat, get yourself a trucker hat, get yourself a coffee cup, get yourself a hoodie. There's so much good stuff there. It's your one-stop shop at huddleuppod.com. Also, facebook.com slash huddle. If you haven't already, hit that big blue button. Become a supporter today. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone every single week. Also, Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddlePod. Like that page to keep up with everything about the podcast. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some aforementioned swag each and every month. As you can see, Jake D. Fiore doing right there. Best in Broncos country. Appreciate you, Jake. Do that. Enter yourself in a contest. We want to give this swag away, guys. Right, Chad? Amen, we do. I got boxes and boxes of it, all right? Trust on that. Guys, one last thing. Uh, Tomorrow, you're going to get a fresh episode of Broncos for Breakfast on the Bright, 7.30 a.m. Mountain, drive time show, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And then, of course, as Zach mentioned, the gut reaction immediately following the game. If we can go live a little bit early before the game ends, we will. But that's contingent on whether or not the game goes down to the wire. If it goes down to the wire, of course, we got to wait till the game's over and then we'll go live. But we'll look forward to seeing you guys then. Uh, here's how we finish up on stars with the rankings tonight. Andrew Baker, king of the castle today on Facebook. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Josh Hoyle, Randy Jones, round out the top three with David Crespin and Shane Daniels, the top five. Followed by Mike Reno, Doug Raquel, Lawrence Rivera, Steve Lazuski, Jordan Mall, Travis Tarbox, and DeAngelis Jones. Good to see you. Mr. Jones, appreciate you being with us. And uh, with that, I echo what Zach said. Uh, Don't forget, even if you're not listening to the pod on Apple, maybe you're with us live every night. Maybe you're checking it out on Spotify. If you're an Apple user, mosey over to the Apple Podcast app, pull up our show, give us a five-star review. You get a little something out of it in that you get a chance to win some swag, and it really does help us out. So please do that. And also these three things, guys, really fast. You know the drill. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans in Broncos country just like you. We're off until tomorrow night. Gut Reaction Podcast. Be there for what should be a Broncos victory, but we never really know for sure anymore, Chad, ever. Real quick, Michaela, we will update uh, because Scott was off tonight. uh, We didn't have the updated sheet on the Super Chat rankings, so promise you we'll have that tomorrow night just fyi love you see you guys then take care and as always go broncos you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going